You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Ah, fresh off of Tennessee scrapping, dismantling. Just the same usual. corner, same time. How y'all boys feeling? Y'all good? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Got the uh got the distinct honor and privilege of uh making Gainesville smell my cologne this weekend. Got to mm. hang out with with Nick and his lovely girlfriend, uh, got to run into uh, White Buffalo on the place for a little bit. Before, nice. what, before, was what, what was he, Nick? A TikTok star, or like an Instagram kid? Some Instagram uh, kid. Some Instagram kid with like 400,000 followers took the VIP from us after a couple hours. Uh, that's all we needed to do. We needed to let Gainesville know that we were there and then uh, had a great time. Shout out to Annie uh, for her tailgate on, on Saturday. Shout out to Gator Collective for their tailgate Saturday. Shout out to a number of you guys that I was able to uh, to meet up with and had a great time in the swamp. So it was good to be back in Gainesville. Yeah, the best thing about night games, you get to like uh, tailgate hop a little bit. You got plenty of time to see faces and kiss babies. Yeah, we got to campus at about one o'clock. Uh, so we were there for for a solid six hours of tailgating. So nice. so it was a, it was a good time. Beautiful weather. Uh, good atmosphere. Uh, definitely uh, more people than I thought tailgating the entire day. So uh, Gainesville showed up and uh, it was a, it was a great time. So can't, can't complain. Yeah. It's looking like people are missing football because I expected like mm-hmm. a drop off out the Bama, but that, it, it was rocking. Nick, how, yeah. how was, uh, how was uh, the box? Uh, the box was, box was fine. Uh, it's definitely getting, you know, we're definitely starting to flirt with fall. We're not dating fall yet up here. Um, but, but we're getting fall vibes. Like Dan said, he was able to tailgate all day. I think if you had tried to do that for uh, the FAU game, you would have gotten heat stroke because um, it was still 90-plus then. Um, I got, I've I got seen a- Brenton Cox in the turtleneck, so I was a little confused. I thought maybe, like, mm-hmm. I was off, like South Florida was still in summer mode, but you guys were fully in fall. Well, we're not fully in fall. I think that I think that, that outfit was planned out ahead of time, maybe didn't look yeah. at the forecast. Uh, it, it was it was not – Yeah, still warm. It's not turtleneck weather. <laughs> I must make that clear. It was not turtleneck weather. I was confused because I see him on Gator Walk with a turtleneck. I was like, yeah, it was just serial killer vibes right there. No, nope, I mean, I guess when you only have to walk like 50 feet, you know, yeah, like, nah, yeah, not 50 feet, off. probably like 50 yards, 75 yards. Uh, but by the end of the game, it was, there was a little nip in the air. I'm not going to yeah. say it was chilly, but there's a little wind. It was, it I brought, a, th- I brought a, I brought a three quarter zip that I put on uh, like mid fourth quarter. A three-quarter zip T-shirt or a, like a three-quarter zip, like a pullover. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Those are called quarter zips, unless you're. Th- That's yeah, a three-quarter zip? zip. You did three. You said a three-quarter zip. Yeah, like a, as, a quarter zip, as if you were zipping from Drop. your belly button up. Yeah, yeah, you got a two-top. That'd, that'd be a weird. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a weird top. Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick brought a zip-up cardigan with him. I got a flex for Dan a little bit. Uh, we we initially were planning to go to White Buffalo and. Uh, pulled up. We thought we'd beat the crowd. Got there like nine thirty. We did not beat the crowd. The the line to skip the line was already a very long line. Right. Um, so I was like, hey, let's go to Oak. Start saying like, ah, I don't really want to call in like a favor. Walk into Oak. 
my guy Zeke is sitting there at the bar at Oak. So uh said, hey, you're trying to go to Buff, but it's packed. Of course, being, you know, the owner, uh, he was very excited it was packed. We did a couple shots of 42, and he walked us over to White Buffalo. Right, nice. right, to, right to the table. So yeah, uh, uh, it all worked out. Yeah, there was, a, there was a group of folks that weren't supposed to be in the, uh, the VIP section just hanging out, uh, just having themselves a good old time. So Zeke is like, you guys got to get out. And then the, the five of us, Harrison joined us. Uh, Zika and his buddy was there. Uh, me and my girl were there. And then Nick, so that the five of us, we, we got the vibe out for well, probably an hour and a half in VIP. And then, you know, got the chance to move on to, uh, to run into a couple of friends of mine that are UT fans at a different bar. But, but Gainesville was, was bumping. I haven't been to downtown Gainesville in a long time. That is a completely different place. Listen, man, y'all can have midtown. Y'all can fight yeah, over the balls I, and all the other stuff. I'll be honest with downtown, you, baby. The internet's gonna be mad at me, but I didn't even make it to balls or uh, to to balls or Midtown this week. Yeah, you had downtown vibes, man. You had six hours on Saturday to eat over there. I did, but you know, I was having too much fun. The tailgates were popping. You don't get the chance to do tailgates very often. So uh, Gainesville was was awesome. Thanks everybody for the hospitality. Thanks for the people that said they listened to the show. Uh, some guy uh, turned around. Uh, I don't know, probably three or four people in front of me. He's like, you're the stadium and Gale guy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I love uncle silk. I'm like, Oh man, there you go. There you go. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to that guy. Oh, no, it sounds like um, a great guy. Shout out, shout out to Gator fans. I was like, I was like silk and Dan. I, I didn't know what the crowd was going to be. Tennessee. Like the vibes just weren't the same. Um, I guess on social media all week, Tennessee's kind of down. Um, They've been down for the better part of two decades, it seems like, especially when they're playing Florida. Uh, and you're coming off of, a, you know, a Bama game where you lost, but you played well. I just didn't know what it was going to look like, and uh, it was a really good crowd. Not as loud as it was for Alabama, but um, a really good crowd. So Gator fans have brought it, you know, three weeks in a row, four if you include uh, having more fans in Tampa than USF did for their home game. Well, I'll be. I'll also give a shout out to the students as well. Obviously, the fans were there. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about on this show, and, and obviously people have opined on, is that students are late arriving. And that student section was probably 90 percent filled up to what it ultimately filled up. I, I don't think that the entire student section or even the entire stadium was completely filled. I don't. I definitely don't think there's eighty-eight thousand people there. But um, the student section was there. They were loud. You know, and I got to I got to shame Tennessee fans. I know that you guys have lost 16 out of 17 or whatever it is, but just a piss poor showing by their fan base. Um, Just absolutely abysmal. There's maybe 3000 Tennessee fans, maybe less. Uh, That's the the lowest Tennessee crowd that I've ever seen. Yeah, they they travel well. I've been that's one of my favorite games to go to when we playing at home. Tennessee usually travels pretty well. Um, but I'm glad they, they, they're losing faith. Very good. <laughs> They've given up. They've given up. Well, glad so they're good. losing faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. They're Sound good. like Florida State. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hey, for Florida State, the best part about being 0-4 for them is the chance to be 0-5 next week. So. Oh, there's no chance. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's going down. Uh, so why don't you get into the Brunt Addery, and then let's get into our topics for the show. Shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Be sure to visit BruntInsurance.com for all your insurance need, needs. Uh, home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, uh, renters insurance, um, motorcycle insurance, or even boat insurance. Depending on whatever you're driving, Greg can insure it. Uh, if you're even driving that trailer and pulling a motorcycle or a boat, he can insure that as well. 
give them a call at 954-589-2204 or bruninsurance.com. Big coverage. Yeah, shout out to the guy that I saw when I was pulling into Gainesville the other day. He had a huge RV coach with a real sick, I don't even know what kind of pickup truck behind it. And then inside the pickup truck bed was his golf cart. So shout out to mm. that guy's bread. Um, Greg Brunt got all three of you, but um, <laughs> that's, that's some bread right there. Anyway, um, before we get into, as we normally would, the Florida Gators game in this past weekend, uh, we do want to address a situation that has come up. Uh, the Alligator this morning uh, posted Zachary Huber of the Independent Florida Alligator uh, put out a very extensive report uh, with multiple players and parents telling the story of former Florida Gators women's basketball coach Cam Newbauer. Um, there's allegations of belittling and demeaning uh, black players, um, abuse, uh, verbal and uh, physical abuse. Uh, a number of players that transferred out were interviewed uh, in this story. Uh, very very, very comprehensive. If you remember a few months ago, uh, Cam Newbauer announced that he was going to be resigning from the University of Florida uh, and relinquishing his position, citing personal reasons. Uh, this is certainly not something that uh, we expected to come out. We expected there might be more to the story, but certainly not to this uh, magnitude. Uh, this goes back into 2017 and the 2018 season. Uh, there is quotes from parents uh, that spoke directly to Zach Huber. There's uh, correspondence between Scott Strickland and uh, Linda Teeler, who's one of the University of Florida's uh, associate athletic directors as well, uh, that note the abuse that these players uh, felt by Cam Newbauer. Uh, this afternoon, uh, Scott Strickland put out a report or put out a comment that said it it's our responsibility to provide a championship experience with integrity, along with the necessary support for Gator student athletes and staff. The cultural women's basketball program under head coach New our coach Cam Newbauer described in the Florida Independent Alligator is in no way consistent with the values of the University of Florida. At times during Coach Newbauer's tenure, there was concerns that brought that were brought to our attention and these concerns were addressed directly with cam as we required corrective action and outlined clear expectations of behavior moving forward additionally the uaa provided enhanced admitted oversight and presence within the program and sought anonymous feedback directly from student athletes and staff ultimately we did not see the required improvements and following discussions with cam newbauer or coach newbauer pardon me he made the decision to resign. Uh, so guys, I know that there's a lot of opinions, uh, a lot of talk today. Um, but Nick, when you first heard the story, what were your, your thoughts? Um, these were kind of rumors um, around Gainesville uh, about something like this. Obviously didn't know the extent um, of it. And um, I think the, uh, the reporting done, by Zach um, and the alligator here is, is commendable. Um, and, and then I think it's, it's scary to think what, what was said by, by Scott Strickland. Um, you know, I, I think there's a bunch of us that'll be sending in freedom of information acts to get the correspondence between Linda Teeler and Scott Strickland in regards to this, because you're hearing about these allegations from parents Um in, in 2017, 2018. And then when you extend the coach, you say Cam is building his program the right way and making steady progress. It's important that he have the time he needs to continue that progress. Um, I think if, if you know 
that at least these allegations are out there. He's certainly not building the program, um, a championship experience with integrity, not even close here. Um, and then Scott Strickland's, um, you know, response today, I think that's weak as well. Um, so I, I saw a lot of people calling for his job. Um, I, I would like to see what Florida uncovered, um, during, you know, their investigation into this, because, um, there's always, you know, three sides to the story, yours, mine, and then the truth. Um, what did Florida uncover? Cause if Florida uncovered that, okay, yeah, this was, um, you know, this was true. There is validity to, um, the allegations that were brought up to us. And then you make the decision to continue one paying that person two give them a three-year contract extension and then cape for him when you finally have to, when there's finally, you know, the culmination of him having to step down, you know, say that even in air quotes, um, right. When, when you, when you release that statement, you're still complimentary of this guy um, who is physically mm -hmm. and verbally abusive to um, 17, 18, 19 year old women that were, you know, that their parents entrusted their child to. Um, so I think, you know, this is not the end of this for Scott Strickland. He has a lot more questions to answer. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, when we get this information back from Florida, what they actually uncovered during their investigation. Uh, so before I get your opinion here, uh, I do want to also note that uh, assistant Kelly Ray Finley, who has been promoted to the interim coach uh, in wake of his resignation, uh, is also listed as uh, somebody that was involved and, in quote, uh, did everything she could to sweep talking about his abuse under the rug uh, and also listed in there is that a former Florida Gator attempted suicide. Uh, right. It doesn't obviously say who, and that is, is not our, our privilege to know, but uh, again, super sad information. And then uh, I would imagine uh, so and then I want to hear your thoughts that uh, this is just the beginning of a massive sweep, not only in the women's basketball program, uh, but maybe even uh, some decision-making at the executive level. Yeah. I think it's just like, this this is like egregious, like the level of all of this. Like, there's so many layers to it. First of all, as women, um, the way he's speaking to women is is crazy. The way he's treating women that are young women, um, and then the, all of these complaints were made uh, from a lot of players over a lot uh, over several years, and I just don't see the love the urgency. Uh, to care about young women's the mental like suicide stuff was happening you know um i think that's crazy a lot of racial stuff was happening to young black women or what they're wearing um not even what hair. they're wearing on campus what they're wearing right. to right. go grocery shopping on a saturday Correct. it's not your business uh, he threw a basketball player at, a, at one of the uh, injured players leg these are these are young women um i just don't see why anybody should cape for him um this is that ain't the standard I think he should like everybody that swept anything under the rug should be a, a held accountable, and absolutely everybody, not just the basketball coach. Anybody that knew something was going on with these young ladies and their mental health, like reading is just disgusting mm -hmm. and sad. Like he affected mm -hmm. a lot of young women's lives, like and people just quitting on their dreams. People worked 19 years to get to a program at University of Florida, and, and to like showcase their talents, and they were just mistreated. Um. Yeah, I'm just with with Nick. Like people just got to be held accountable. And I, I think, like you said, Dan, everything should be investigated. Um, mm -hmm. That's the standard, right? Um, this logo is held to a certain degree, man. And just to read something like that, I just know how Florida feels about the University of Florida feels about 
the logo and everything that, that goes around uh this brand so to let this go like this if, if, if it's true i think this needs to be some more action i don't think just mm -hmm. that guy resigning air quotes like dan did is enough mm -hmm. yeah no silk I, I echo your sentiment um you know in light of everything that was happening even in 2017 with the me too movement uh, obviously everything that's happened since then uh this is something that if you knew had credible uh, sources telling you. Uh, and then I want to get into what one of the uh, the mothers of one of the former basketball players uh, said today in a tweet thread, but especially in the time that's something that uh, part of the Gator standard is upholding yourself to a standard that's higher than those around you. Uh, and if you ascribe that expectation, not only in achievement of sport and how well your team does, you also have to do it in the treatment of a student athlete and the treatment of people around you. And to me, that's what the Gator standard is, is it's not just how well do you perform on the football field, basketball court, you know, softball field, whatever the case may be. It's how well are you developing student athletes for life beyond uh, the athletic court or the athletic field. Uh, and it's disappointing to not only know uh, that this information was shared with multiple people within the administration, that it looks like that it was quote unquote investigated. Uh, it looks like they did nothing about it. And then to respond a few years later and just be like, oh, he resigned um, is is not only a, a sad um, thing to hear, but it's also a dereliction of duty, in my opinion. Um, and, and this is just the beginning. Um, and, you know, I thank you, Zachary Huber, for uncovering the story and letting these women tell their stories. But this is a, a very sad moment uh, in Gator Nation and there needs uh, to be some accountability. But this is this is truly a, a very sad um, moment. And, um, and Scott's answer is there's no accountability there. Right. No, um, not, not whatsoever. That like I, I'd rather him not even say nothing and just kind of figure it out. Them get together, have a better plan than that. Um, but that that press release, whatever he put was like, come on, what you what you, what you telling us? Um, you get this man an extension after you knew all of this information. He wasn't even winning games. Like there's really ain't no reason for an extension on on or off the court. I don't get why he was extended. Yeah, I mean. Uh, some of this stuff you 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 would think um, there could be legal action taken, and maybe that's a reason why um, you put out such such a, a weak statement today. Um, you know, on, on the advice of legal, um, mm -hmm. but certainly to throw in that we strive to give students uh, you know a championship experience with integrity in the wake of what's being alleged, mm -hmm. not saying that anything in the, in the report, in the story is wrong. Um, just a really bad look for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the, the, I mean, the mother said that her email went to president Fox. So like this, you're going straight to the top of the university of everyone knew mm -hmm. everybody at the university of Florida knew at least what was being alleged. So that's why yeah. I want to know what what is being alleged is wild. Like right. these are not just like yo the coach bench me or curse me out. This is these are wild out allegations, man. This mm -hmm. ain't just normal cookie cutter. Um, BS. Like I, I'm I'm for tough coaching. You know that's that's like mm -hmm. old school to me. I had my dad as a coach until high school, and and I got probably treated worse than than every other player on the team just because um, he didn't want you know it to seem like there was impropriety going on. And my son's starting at shortstop because he's my son. Um, the stuff I saw with Mario Cristobal, where they were saying he went too far yelling at a player, 
what I saw was the player looking him in the eyes saying, yes, sir. Like being coached. I, I'm mm-hmm. fine with, you know, uh, coaches smacking a, a player's shoulder pads and, and, and things like that. But, you know, going, throwing a basketball at a girl who's missing the season because she just had surgery and a torn ACL because you didn't think she was paying enough attention right. to the practice. What are you doing? Um, commenting on the way the women who are playing for you are, are dressing off, off the field. Like mm-hmm. that's not your place. Right. They're taking um, them, taking them to the mall to go shopping, to get new clothes because he didn't. Want that's his. an impermissible benefit for 2017. If you want to get right. some more. I said he didn't want his daughter. He had him covering up the tattoos because he didn't want his daughter to dress like them and stuff like that. Like there's some sick stuff. He's just not a good person. You just can't have like, just not good people around. He's got, he's got a Bible verse in his uh, Twitter bio. So he's got to be a good person. Mm. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, so <laughs> you wild, Nick. I, I think <laughs> I didn't even look. I didn't that, even that one's not going to go well on the internet tomorrow. Yeah, right. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that bothers me about this is that I know that Linda Teeler, um, who is a black female that is also the University of Florida's Title IX representative and very involved in Title IX issues right. across the country. And any good person should do this, but somebody that's so tied into the program and has been there for so long and that she was involved and Scott Strickland were involved and President Fox was involved and all of these people that could be there to stop along the way and not one person did, it, it to me is just disappointing. Um, I feel for these women. I feel for their families. I feel for, you know, how they're going to have to deal with that and overcome that in the future. And I hope the best for them. And I hope for a lot of people, this is not only a learning opportunity, but this is a, a, a real uh, moment of reflection for them. Um, you know, and that the university really re- reflects on the leadership overseeing, um, you know, these issues and, and why they weren't addressed. Yeah. So we'll wait and see again, not the topic that we wanted to start the, the show real with quick, today, but real quick, before course, we move yeah. forward, do you think like, cause I, I mean, at this point, any player that's probably been run wrong, done wrong by the university of Florida might pop their head up. Do you, do you expect more? I expect more information to come out. Um, I don't know if there's going to be more players. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there is, but I think that there's going to be more information. Um, I think the the FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act stuff that that Nick and fellow journalists are going to file. Uh, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't picked up today uh, by more mas- national media members. Yeah, but this is not a good look for Scott Strickland. It's not a good look for the University of Florida. Uh, and this isn't going away. Um, there's going to be NCAA investigations, whether they mean anything or not. Um, there's going. This is a, a bad day for the University of Florida. Right. In a bad few years, right? This is something that could have been avoided four years ago. Yeah. So some allegations is just wild. Some of that stuff is just not a good person. Like who lived like people that miserable shouldn't be coaching. I just don't like all that sounds just sick to me. Mental health stuff, bro. What we got? Let's get into like beating the shit out of Tennessee. Well, let's do it. But before we do that, we're, we're excited to bring back another uh, sponsor that we've had in the past that you guys just absolutely blew uh, the, the, the shorts off a couple of years, or a couple of weeks ago. Um, home Field uh, is, is back uh, for the season. So homefieldapparel.com. You have seen their unbelievable options of Florida Gator vintage gear. Visit homefieldapparel.com. 
Uh, use promo code Stadium Miguel, get 15% off of your purchase. Uh, they just finished uh, unleashing a bunch of new schools as a part of their big new Saturday uh, program where they launched 16 new schools. So maybe you have a significant other, a family member, a friend uh, that also uh, you know went to a university that has home field apparel. Uh, apparel. Uh, he still used the promo code Stadium and Gale when you go shopping and visit them. Over 100 schools uh, currently listed at home field. Uh, in my opinion, the best floor gators uh, gear that is out there. So again, Stadium and Gale at checkouthomefieldapparel.com. Uh, Florida Gators uh, come back to Gainesville uh, and beat the Tennessee Volunteers for the 15th out of the last, sorry, 16th out of the last 17 times. Uh, the Gators win 38 to 14. Uh, the Gators hold Tennessee scoreless in the second half. And truly, the Gators really only gave Tennessee two opportunities to score on busted plays, whether it was a, a missed coverage or a couple of missed tackles. But all in all, the Gators end up with another victory. Uh, Silk, give me your thoughts. How do you think the game went? Uh, I thought the game went really well. I thought we started slow. Um, I'm going to start from the beginning of the game. I thought we started slow. I think the offense, the first drive was obviously a good one. Um, methodically go down the field we get six um just like we're supposed to but after that it just feels like the defense Todd Grantham that defense definitely starting slow uh gave it two big plays they never did really drive on us um should have been more big plays they missed some wide open throws that that other teams might hit um but overall I just think we just gotta have more urgency and play like championship football because I think we got a championship caliber team just watching the landscape of college football I just want to see us just come in sharper um, so a slow start. Um, the whole first half, we just left a lot of points on the field. The turnover by Copeland was just him just trying to do a little too much, got stripped. Uh, the run game was there. I think we're a balanced team. We're running the ball. We're passing the ball pretty evenly. Uh, of course, the run game is better. Um, but first half, just to go from that, that's that's that was my thoughts of the first half. I thought Emory played well. I thought the run game was solid. Uh, Naquan is, uh, I think every game we're just going to see a different back that, that looks like the better back, right? Um, Malik Davis has looked crazy in the first couple of games. Then Naquan come in this last game just looking. He should probably might have had two touchdowns if he didn't let the turf monster tackle him one play. Um, but the first half I thought was, was very solid. But just slow starts. The defense is just not there yet um, communication-wise. We were missing Kyrie. But some of the mistakes that we made giving up those busted coverages and missed tackles just, like, starting to, like, make me lose a little sleep. And, what do you think asked, about the first half, Nick? I, well, I asked uh, – I mean, there's so much less tackling now in in practice, camp. whether it's spring, whether it's yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah. Even, even spring. There's right. so much less tackling. There's such an emphasis on – um, CTE and, and, you know, obviously you're not tackling to the ground on Tuesday before Kentucky. Like that, that's just not smart. You're going to get someone rolling ankle, you know, spraining a knee, something like that. But even, even spring camp. Um, but I mean, like I, I, how long can I make that excuse for Florida when other teams aren't, aren't missing the same kind of tackles? So mm-hmm. uh, on one end, I think you're seeing, a lower level of defense when it comes to tackling across the board because it's not being tackled or it's not being taught. Tackling is not being taught the same way that it used to be. Um, right. But but it's you, you can't you you know, you can get away with it against Tennessee. You didn't get away with it against Alabama. You put yourself in a twenty-one to three hole mm-hmm. um, because of it. You might not get away with it on the road to Kentucky. Uh, you you might you're definitely not going to get away with it at Georgia. So like my question was how do you how do you fix that now? When you're not practicing it still, you know, definitely not during the during the fall. 
how do you fix that? Or, or are you just like, at, at this point, if you're a fan, you just have to think, all right, well, they're going to miss double-digit tackles a game because they, they can't yeah. improve on it where they are now, and that's just going to be a reality of it, and you hope that a missed tackle results in, you know, an extra seven yards, not an extra 30. Yeah, the Gators just think it, that the, the, the missed tackle, the first one, the one that they scored a touchdown down on, right? Uh, I kind of like Bernie missed the assignment there as well, missed the tackle, and then the safety. I think it was it was Trevez. Yeah, that, that came in on a bad angle and missed that tackle. That just can't happen. Like that should be a tackle for loss type kind of play, yep. let alone a touchdown. Um, and I believe that was third down, right, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, it's third down and you stop them. Uh, they would have been in long field goal range if they went for it. They probably would have punted. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it would have probably been too long of a of a kick unless you have Justin Tucker on your team, right? Um, but outside of that, you know, the Gators end up with 18 missed tackles, 19 missed tackles, pardon me, uh, in that game. And uh, I think one of the things that I saw, and, you know, this is the, the first game that I've been to this season where you can kind of see everything happen, is not only do they have a problem tackling, it, it starts before that on squaring up. Um, you know, a lot of these guys really struggle with not only their angle, but I don't know if they're, you know, just not great at tackling. So they go for the legs to try to trip them up or whatever it is. But, but a lot of the missed tackles, not only were missed because they weren't, you know, it was just a bad tackle overall. They weren't prepared before that to even make a good tackle. Um, and so that's one of the things that I saw. Um, I, I still see uh, some missed assignments on, um, you know, before the, the snap, um, I see, you know, them trying to figure, you know, what to do. Uh, Mordecai McDaniel was was running around trying to figure out what his position was going to be on that touchdown that he gave up. Uh, I was just trying a, to figure out what he was looking at in the backfield. Like, because we I didn't no like that. There was yeah, nothing, like, not only was there nothing back there, they, I mean, they were, they were setting everybody, right? right. Um, it wasn't just that the one wide receiver was open and everybody was running like these, you know, short routes. Everybody was running, everybody was running deep. Uh, and he was staring at something. And by the time that he was stopped staring, he was 15 yards behind it. That so, was disturbing to say yeah. the least. Uh, and, you know, the Gators went down. Uh, so that's not what you want to see. But, um, you know, all in all, I thought, you know, the defense looked better in the second half. You don't allow any points that, you know, no matter who, you know, Tennessee is, uh, you know, as a team, you know, I don't think that, you know, Florida's ever, you know, in a position to ever lose this game. Um, you know, and Florida was going to win. They're more talented. They're better coached, et cetera. But to hold a team, especially a team like, you know, Tennessee that had a pretty, you know, good offense and was scoring a lot of points this season, scoreless in half is, you know, definitely something worth commemorating as well. They did miss some wide open stuff that was touchdowns, though. And they, they sure did. They, they dropped but the pass. They still missed it. Callaway dropped it. But yeah, they missed it. But that's just signs on, on the future yeah. of, like, Everybody ain't gonna miss them throws. Like those are like layup throws. The one on the sideline where he just threw it in in the front row of the bleachers. I uh, appreciate him being that inaccurate, but that was probably six as well. And it's just explosive plays. Like like Kentucky can never can sustain a drive and go get points on us. Um, so they're just scheming by by hypo. They're seeing something on film to know that they can scheme guys open on Grantham's defense. Mm-hmm. So. Um... I guess let's let's break down offense defense uh, a little bit more. Um, your thoughts on Emory Jones? Uh, Emory Jones again is the only quarterback that that plays in this game. Anthony Richardson sits. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about him in a bit. I guess think Emory looked uh, running the offense, named SEC co-offensive player of the week. So I already know what you guys are going to say. But outside of that, you know, what are your thoughts on, on what you saw on Saturday? Um. Offensively, I think uh, another good performance. I mean, you look at uh, Emory Jones had 
144 rushing yards, threw for 200. No one's done that since Tebow. Um, and I think only Tebow and Ember Jones have done that in the last 25 years. Um, while you can still kind of pick apart some of his game, I think Emory continues to look a little bit better each week. Um, and that's really all I can ask of him is you got, you have to keep getting better. It was his first clean game, no interceptions, no fumbles, no turnovers. Um, and then the running backs continue to impress me. Um, Naquan Wright's uh, fantastic touchdown run. I thought that uh, Damian Pierce continues to look great. And Malik Davis looks like what we thought he'd be, you know, as a freshman before his first injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Shorter uh, showed signs of life, uh, which was nice because it wasn't that he was playing bad, but he was like just blocking. He just like blocked his ass off for two weeks and didn't get any, you know, any catches. And I had some had drops, yeah. 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 Um, no, well, yeah, I, uh, I think, I think the turf monster, you know, was the only one that yeah. was holding Florida's uh, running backs back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, just a, a strong, a strong offensive performance for me. And then if you look, you didn't have Stuart Reese play. I thought Josh Braun looked really, really good. Yep. Um, Kingsley Egbukan um, has to come off. And, and I think, you know, Richie Leonard, I, I don't know if I'm super confident in Richie, but I think he looked okay. Um, you know, in, in stretches there, I just think he gets the ball back a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, and I thought Florida showed some more stuff that they hadn't shown all year. I thought they were under center more than they had been in any of their first three games. A couple, a couple, of, a couple of those I don't, I didn't like. No, no, I don't be feeling like I'm trying to remember the exact possession, but it was a time that we went on the center to do a short yardage play or something. And I just went feeling it. Um, I also think we need to take more shots down the field. Like teams mm-hmm. are daring us to throw like. Yeah, 50-50 ball, one-on-ones type situa- situations. I, I, like, I think highly by receiver room. I don't care what nobody says. We got some athletes, but teams are daring uh, Emory to throw the ball in one-on-one situations. Uh, and you're not. <laughs> and you're not taking those shots. Um, I, he's got – he's shown that he can throw deep, um, right. whether it's, you know, a 16-yard out or, you know, or or a go pattern. Like, he, 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 can, he can hit those balls. I think at some point – Teams are starting to bring, you know, more and more guys into the box and, and these, you know, screens and, and these quick passes, you know, like Dan Mullen was super complimentary today about Kentucky and Kentucky's kind of built the same way or they're big and physical and they're going to run the ball, but then they'll take their shots off of play action. I think we haven't seen Florida really do that yet. Yeah, Emory Jones, this is definitely his best day passing. He goes six for nine beyond 10 yards for – 49 for just over a hair over 100 yards uh, and, and no touchdowns. There was the, the Jacob Copeland fumble on a pass that was beyond 10 yards where, you know, Florida's marching down the field. Uh, then two, I don't know uh, what, and we're not talking about wide receivers right now, but I don't know what Jacob Copeland was fighting for there. Um, I don't know if he was fighting for the extra, you know, two or three inches, but um, it, two it, guys it that's seemed wrapped like, up, bro. Like, yeah, one guy it just seems like that's a time to go guy, down. I just got to go down. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are wondering, like, if it was forward progress, you know, watching it. I mean, he definitely looked like he was still trying to fight forward, uh, probably one of those 50-50 calls. But at the end of the day, that's that's your time to go down. You've already gotten, uh, you know, a pretty good game. You put yourself in a position to at least be in field goal position, if not better. But definitely his best uh, overall uh, game passing, in my opinion, he looked great uh, in the, you know, in front of the line of scrimmage as well, you know, those first, you know, 10 yards as well. So I thought Emory Jones looked better. He seemed like he not only saw the field a little bit better, he seemed a little bit more decisive on, uh, you know, on the Gobra, you know, part of it. Like if you don't see your progression open, 
make that move quicker. So he seemed to do a little bit better there. And it seemed to. Yeah. He's yeah. Still I don't think a little bit. He's still need to prove a little bit on that. Take I don't yeah. think all those carries are, were designed runs. I don't even think, I think less than half of them are probably designed runs for Emory and, and more of him, you know, taking off. But I do agree with, with both of you. Like they're, Everyone keeps talking about his progressions. Like, like he's not going to be Kyle Trask on the same offense. I don't want him going through five. I don't want him going through three, four, or five progressions. If you see some room to run, I think I think you've got it on a on a scheduled tweet for like forty five minutes into every Florida kickoff. Silk tweets: Emory is slippery, or five is slippery. Um, And and then I I think he, I mean, I know he wants to be seen as a passer, and, and you'll have the opportunity to do that. But you're trying to win football games and. There's there's some there's some times where I'm looking and I'm like everyone's covered just go use your God given ability go right yeah I'm with you on that um I think he looks excellent when they move the pockets well I think not just him I think Dan Mullen is getting his rhythm of play calling with with Emory as well uh, which is sharpening him up a little bit but I think when we move the pocket or he's on the move man um he just does his thing like the arm strength and when when he's rolling he's rolling but I think we could put up some some more uh, real estate through the past game. I think we'll see that this week. And one of the other things that's that the action look great. That rock, that rocker. Yeah. It's coming alive yeah. a little bit. That it rocker is, stuff it is. is coming alive a little bit, man. That, like that. that felt good. And one of the things that I don't want to forget when we're talking about passing is I don't want to forget about trip. They, uh, they go under, uh, they go in shotgun. They, they call Kodak the play that they ran right. last year. Gators pass or Emory Jones passes out. To uh, to Jacob or uh, pardon me to uh, to Trent Whittemore goes throws a touchdown a uh, beautiful throw uh, beautiful catch crowd goes wild uh, and the Gators uh, begin their uh, second half scoring so all in all thought the Gators did did well uh, was that first half end of the first half I think that was the end of the first half wasn't it so anyway long story short um, good play fun play. Um, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Oh, real, um, real quick, real quick on, yeah. the, on the, on the Coke fumble. Like I, I get it. Keep fighting for yards, but you also got to know the situation there. Like you're already, you got a dude, you you know, has, has you by the ankles wrapped up and you got a minute before halftime. Like just go down. You got, you got a first down already. you got a whole new set of downs. You got a minute, something you standing there trying to fight for more yards. And that situation is going to do two things. One, Waste time when, when you're trying to right. run down and, and get points before halftime. And two, just the other guys holding you there for other guys to come and do exactly what happened. Try to rip the ball out. Right. So, uh, the whole time, as soon, as soon as he starts struggling for more yards, I'm screaming. Like, no, no, no. Go down. Go down. Yeah. Oh, shit. There we go. I knew that was going to happen. Um, but overall, I'm not, I mean, those, those are fixable things. I'm not mad at the effort. It's an effort uh, mistake, uh, not just a bonehead mistake. Yeah. So I, I ain't yeah. mad at it. Let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Gators hold Tennessee to 14 points, which is their fewest of the season. Um, overall, thought the defense played well. Obviously, hold them um, to to zero points in the second half. You really have a couple of just missed, you know, missed plays, missed coverages, missed assignments um, on the two touchdowns. Silk, you mentioned it before uh, as well. Uh, there still seems to be some time lacking at, at knowing where to line up when the, uh, the play goes in uh, and then definitely some tackling issues uh, and, and definitely, in my opinion, some, some angle issues as well. But uh, outside of that, give me y'all's thoughts on the, on the defense. Nick, we'll, we'll start with you. 
Um, I, I think the defense is other than those missed tackles that we talked about. I think the defense continues to get pressure and can get pressure before. Um, I don't love, you know, hey, hats off to Trey Dean, uh, 11 tackles. That's a great game. I don't love when your safety leads your team in tackles. Um, but I think Florida's getting, uh, you know, a, enough pressure with four, even though teams are, you know, game planning against it. You see a lot of screens, a lot of quick passes, just getting the ball out to try and negate that pass rush. I think they're still getting there. It's still affecting the quarterback, clearly affecting the game plan even before Saturday um, with how good they are. Um as a whole, it's, I, I think the defense is getting more crap than they deserve. I, I, you have to clean up those missed tags, which we talked about. Um, and, and, I mean, obviously you want to see, like, less pass interference penalties, stuff like that. But, you know, like Silk just said about Jacob Copeland, I'll take, you know, an, an aggressive penalty over, you know, a procedural penalty every day. So I think, the, I think Florida's defense is better than last year. Uh, that's a low bar to, you know, uh, sure. trip over. That's, that's a bar. You don't need to jump over that. If, you, if you're not careful, you'll just trip over it. Um, but I, I think they have room to grow. And I hope – my hope is that the longer the season goes, guys like, you know, Avery Helm, Jason Marshall, Mordecai McDaniel, Trevez Johnson, um, the younger guys like that continue to step up. Um, I, I, I do want to know what's going on with Jadarius Perkins. I think he should be playing more. Um, for everyone asking about Dewan Black, that's become, you know, the go-to guy that I'm asked about every single week. I just don't think he's there mentally at the star position where he needs to be. Um, and, and I think the guys you need to be running through there um, are Perkins and, and, and Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, I, I think the linebacker play is still um, – or not the linebacker play as a whole. I think Mahmoud Diabate is having a great season. I think – you know, with Amari Bernie and Tyron Hopper, I think you need to figure out something there. There's too many times I see Bernie taking a bad angle um, or missing something. It's like, hey, you've been on campus too long to be making these kind of mistakes. I give Trevez Johnson, Mordecai McDaniel, you know, a pass when when something like that happens. You're a redshirt junior, junior, redshirt senior. Those are things that you shouldn't be doing by now. You know, you should have that. That stuff should be second nature to you by now. Yeah. I would like to also see what Hopper snaps a little like. Like Hopper just should be playing more. Uh, I don't think like it's. It, of course, we're playing better defense than we played last year, but that's like uh, like not the greatest barometer. And we also played all SEC schedule last year. Um, we're ranked towards the bottom of the SEC right now in defense, total defense. Um, the only two teams we're playing better defense right now in total defense is M- M- Mizzou and Vanderbilt. Um, that's just not acceptable. Um, pass rush, I think the front four is saving us a lot. On um, that front four is probably the best in the country. The nasty Zach Carter, um, Cox is coming alive. Um, everybody in the trenches, Gravon is getting blocked by three, four people. He's causing some havoc up front. I like the way he's maturing uh, and, and growing up this football season. The defense is just playing okay at best, man. Just like mm-hmm. some of the explosive plays they're giving up is a concern. The total yards they're giving up is over 1,400 so far this year. That's a concern. Um, I thought defensive backs played okay, – I'm going to say corner. I thought the corners played okay with Kyrie Elam being out the game. Um, not a bad showing by those guys. Shout out to Abraham. But the safety mm-hmm. position, a uh, lot to be desired. Uh, I think Trey Dean's playing okay. He's not playing bad football, ACC player of the week. It was it was okay showing, but I don't think our safety should be leading the team in tackles. I'm with Dan on that. Um, 
Travis Johnson, that star position is a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see that like, we just mentioned Perkins, or I like to see somebody else at that position. Just his angles, his tackling, just not. It's a lot to be desired there at that position. Um, I just want to see something different, man. The defense is. I'm just not like Ty. I got to do something, dog. I'm just not feeling it. I don't think we should ever be at the bottom tier of the SEC in defense. Period. They only gave we only gave up 14 points, so it's hard not to complain. Well, it's hard to complain. Um, but when you break down the game, you really watch that. Watch it back. She, yeah, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee left a lot on the field. Yeah, no, I think um, – so you asked Hopper. He played 33 snaps. Derek Wingo played nine. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask about him. Uh, I, I was surprised. Darius Perkins only gets 15 snaps. Uh, he was backing up um, Trevis Johnson, who I think struggled again. Um, I, I don't think that he was um, really adequate in, in much of the game. I thought that maybe his run defense was okay. Uh, but when it comes to, to coverage, uh, when it comes to tackling, uh, when it just comes to overall performance, I, I just – I want it out of Trevor Johnson. Uh, I really liked him as a prospect. So you, you did too, uh, coming out of high school. And I don't know what's what's missing. There seems to be – It's got to be some of the speed of the game. Yeah. I don't know. It's some, some tricky because Trey Dean looked be. terrible at that spot too. So I yeah. think – I don't know if it's the coaching at that position because these guys can – can play football like they come in as good athletes and good ranking and all mm-hmm. that stuff they desire but when they're at that star position we haven't had anybody but chauncey gardner jr that, that's been able to, to, to like successfully play that position since yeah this, this crew's right. been there yeah uh i thought jason marshall played uh well in coverage um uh, but but you're right so you know I've, I've got question marks at at them getting beyond corners and maybe it wasn't the big play maybe they didn't rush or you know pass for you know 400 yards or anything else but you know you nick you said it you you run some massive risks whenever your safety especially your deep safety uh is the guy that's you know leading the team in tackle so um you know there's also a lack of of turnovers that's also a problem like and that's a concern especially with the pass rush that we get um i just think we should have way more turnovers Uh, i don't know What's it? I'm just used to a lot more turnovers. Now, I don't, like it's hard to like to say what the issue is with that, right? Um, you can't say uh, we need to do this better to get turnover. We're getting a pass mm-hmm. rush. We're affecting the pocket. Uh, we're disrupting things in the run game, but there's a lack of turnover. Negative turnover margin right now for Florida. They've gained three, and obviously they have lost six. So a negative three turnover margin for Florida right now. Kentucky's even worse. Kentucky's literally the worst in it the SEC. Be. A negative it nine turnover margin. Margin. Um, Kentucky has not recovered a fumble, has two interceptions, um, have lost six fumbles, and thrown five interceptions. Mm. Um, That's atrocious. That's tough poverty I like to hear. Something's got to give this week because Kentucky just is is like throwing them out like coupons. Just like, here, here you go, here's a turnover. And, and Florida has been, for the most part, uh, like me walking into Publix. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Don't want that. Don't even know what you're trying to hand me. Don't need that. Girl Scout cookies, bro. Oh, no, I'd stop for the Girl Scout cookies. I oh. mean, <laughs> come on. I know there's a, I know there's some boxes of Girl Scout cookies. All uh, right, well, at, so the, we're going to do a house. quick pause of this show, Nick. We, we got to go favorite Girl Scout cookie flavor. Mm. Uh, I, it used to be Thin Mint for me. Um, yeah. What are you, ter- Terrace? Maybe. In the freezer. Um, yeah, thin mint in the freezer. That's like a great one. Mint. I don't like minty. Um, 
I also just like the regular shortbread Rocket. ones, like the regular sugar Ooh. cookie. I That's like those joint. too. I'm a shortbread guy. Uh, or or the, the what are they Samoan whatever what are things called? I don't Samoas? like I don't like coconut, Samoas. so I don't like those. Oh, I feel that. Yeah, I'm not a big coconut guy myself. What's the uh, the, the peanut butter little sandwich thing? It's pretty good. I don't remember all the names. Um, <laughs> but I used to be a big Thin Mint guy. I think it's because I come from a family of Thin Mint eaters. You know. Okay. Um, so that's just no, like, a long lineage, a of long, thin a long history of thin, thin Mint eaters around here. Um, Does your family eat candy corn? Do, do y'all? Uh, no. No, don't mess with it at all. Yes, don't yes. mess with it. Uh, you know, I don't know if my like family eats candy corn like a lot. I don't remember like, having it your house like, actively seeking out candy corn, but I don't mind candy corn. And if if, yeah. if Chris has an issue with that, uh, he knows where I live, <laughs> uh, so we can take this outside. I, I don't mind candy corn. I don't seek it out again, but I don't think it's bad. You don't think it's bad. I don't think so what does it bad. taste like to you? What flavor is candy corn to you? Because it's definitely not corn. So what do you think it tastes like? Imagine a corn flavored candy. That sounds good. It might taste it's better than candy corn if it was corn. I don't, I don't know. know. It would. I don't know. It just, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I guess it's kind of like M&M's. That all parts of it kind of taste the same. I think it's a consistency thing. Obviously, the, the tip of it tastes a little bit different. Uh, it does. I just lost myself there. Yeah, that um, sounded nuts on paper. But. <laughs> that sounds nuts in there yeah, when you look back. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's a consistency <laughs> thing. I don't know what it tastes like. Uh, it just tastes like sugar, I guess. But like a gluey sugar. I guess describing it sounds gross, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It tastes like terror. You didn't sell it. Nick, do you like peeps? You seem like a peep guy. Uh, no, I, you, can throw, you can throw peeps right in there with candy corn okay, as, right. as favorite favorite candy, candy of the Easter. terrorists. That's that's yeah, what that candy. is, Dan. <laughs> the candy of terrorists. Uh, let's get back on the show. Um, speaking of, of terrorism, Gervon Dexter was a terrorist in the Tennessee uh, backfield. Uh, I thought that he played great. Uh, four tackles, one sack, one hurry. Uh, pardon me, two hits, uh, quarterback hits, uh, two hurries. Um you know, did have a missed tackle. Yeah, it was kind of iffy, uh, but all in all, uh, two big stops. I, I thought that he played played fantastic. It, it might have been one of his best games as a Gator. Yeah, I think he grew up a little bit pushing the pocket, like drawing triple teams and stuff yeah, like that. that man, nuts. that's that's the type of uh, action we need at the defensive tackle, tackle position because that's where it all begins at right there. Uh, I can't wait to see him and Big Dez beside each other next year, and maybe Leonard Taylor. Oh, you shopping? A little bit. See that we need that. Yeah, we'll we'll do that later. We'll do we'll do that segment a little bit later. But like silk shopping list, shopping yeah, with silk. Shopping uh, with silk. He's got all the money in the world, so yeah, he, he does. Is. He does. Um, uh, definitely, definitely buying and selling on the uh, on the transfer portal market. Okay, that's uh, that's got to be a whole new segment. Um, I, I like Florida. I mean, I've already said I like Florida's defense. I really like up front. Um, those, those four. I think Gervon Dexter is, is showing that. Um, you know, he has the potential to become an all-SEC type, all-American type player. Um, mm-hmm. And then if we extend to the front seven, I think Jeremiah Moon um, and then Brenton Cox, I don't know if you categorize him. I think the NFL categorized him as a linebacker. You know, they'll categorize him as an edge. Um, he had, I think, two and a half sacks – or t- not sacks, two and a half tackles for loss um, against Tennessee. So I think he's rounding into form um, and certainly playing his best uh, – which is amazing since that Georgia writer said that his leg was amputated in June. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, you know, he carried over as I said he would. Uh, wasn't the player of the game. Uh, like I said, that he would be on defense, but definitely uh, this is, I think, his best two game stretch. And, you know, the mm-hmm. best part about that is that you can, you know, move that into three games. So, you know, hopefully he's starting to, to come into his own a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that I'm wondering is because their snaps are a little bit more this year because there are so many guys uh, that deserve to play on that defensive line if they're just trying to go out and earn that extra one, two, three, four, five snaps that they might get uh, over some of these other guys. But if you look at that defensive line, there's a lot of rotation. Um, you know, Gervon Dexter led the team on the defensive tackle side, but Newkirk gets 31 snaps. Valentino gets 28 Um Desmond Watson got nine. So, you know, there, there's starting to be some rotation there on the defensive end. You know, you have 41 for, for Cox, 46 for, for Carter. Uh, you throw in a couple other players, you know, Uman Milan gets 22. So there's a, there's not oh, a he's ton of snap. Yeah. Oh, he's Uman Milan yeah. is, he got to watch his hand placement because that face mask and he came back. Like he just, his hands are high, but he got bad intentions. That's, that's my new favorite. That's my spirit animal. I like his energy, bro. He um, he he was he was a guy too that I'm seeing a lot of growth from. There were a lot of uh, uh, sad sad tweets after games last year. Uh, I mean, he was a long way from home, coming from Texas, not playing a ton as a freshman. Um, But that burst he has off the line. I think I, I think Tennessee fans thought they were watching like WWE wrestling because they were calling whatever he did to Hooker a, a clothesline. Um, I like it. <laughs> I love it. Love my spirit love violence, bro. That's my spirit animal. I love that kid. I like his violence. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he's got uh, a bright future, and, and he's someone who I think you know. Mm, if we come into next year, he might be one of my guys that I say uh, could lead the team in sacks. Nick is already preparing his buy or sell segment for next year. Right. Yeah, get, get, um, the money rolls over first. for next season. So I got, I got, Nick, tons Nick, of we're money. about to get to it in, this, in about two segments about how little money you have right now. Um, <laughs> Elijah Blades uh, comes back from injury. Uh, he plays in the game. Ethan Pouncey gets some snaps, uh, the transfer from Texas. Um, so, you know, all in all, was surprised that Chris Bogle only got 18 snaps. Um, you know, didn't see a ton out of him in the game, but was surprised that after the game against Alabama that he didn't get a few more. But, you know, seeing a, a lot of heavy rotation, but seeing, you know, those guys for the most part, at least in the front, four, some of the middle three, some of the outside and some of the safety. But all in all, it, it seems like it's starting to come together. Still some 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 big question marks in some spots. Uh, but if we right can clear up some of those, then yeah, right now I think David Turner is the only one on the defensive side with a good like approval rating right now. Yes, that front four is killing. But I think everybody else is kind of like, yo, we need to tighten up the rest of the defense. That front four is saving us. But uh, yeah. embarrassment of riches in that front four. We rotate out, just stud out the stud, man. Them transfers coming in was huge. Um, right now, that's just the biggest, my biggest take, man. The, the, the front four, and that was the issue last year. On this year's scrim, yeah, no, Silk. I think that you're you're not only right on on David Turner. I, I, I'm really wondering, and I'm really starting to question uh, the quarterback uh, coaching um, and development of some of those guys. Um, not ready to write off, you know, your Derek Wingos and you know, Tyron Hopper certainly played a little bit more, and Jeremiah Moon has kind of been a 
a surprise to say the least, but a lot of these guys that were recruited and developed just don't seem to be performing well. They seem to be out of position. They seem to really only be good at either pass rush or run uh, defense or pardon me, pass protection or, or run defense. And they don't seem to be multifaceted players. And uh, there's a lot of question marks. That I still have a linebacker. And then obviously, do you think this, go ahead. do you think this, the assignments or the defense being too complicated? Maybe that, cause I've heard that from uh, some guys that are like, uh, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't well, no. I mean, I've heard know, that, that the defense may be too complex, uh, especially at the linebacker position. It's if safety. it's if it's too complex for players to figure out, it sure seems easy for uh, opposing offenses to figure it out. So, um, yeah, they just know they don't know what they're doing. So, it's like, yo, <laughs> pick on him right? because he yeah. has no idea what he's doing. He's bad <laughs> at this. Like they, they they don't absolutely got to like know our defense. Um, the ins and outs of you just you kind of find out who's terrible and, and pick on that person and assignment wise who can't do what. Um, but we've had offenses, I think, with with Nuss in the past that um too complex for offense, uh offense for like for college kids. Some some of the stuff you gotta dumb down, it's gotta be see ball, get ball. Uh, it just seems like everybody's doing a lot of thinking. Yeah, it, it probably depends on the person you ask. Cause like I, I asked Jawan Taylor, um, as I was driving back from the Texas a and game last year, and he's like, no, it's not. And um, other guys I've talked to have said, yeah, that you're like running. gave you a different answer, though. Well, he, Jawan was the guy that, like, knew where he needed to be, just, like, physically couldn't get there. Right. And, and then he's playing next to Mar- Marcel Harris, who didn't know where he was going to be, but was athletic enough to, like, get there just a half second late. Uh, if you could put the two of them together, you might have a, a safety who plays 12 years in the NFL. Marcel's halfway to, halfway to that on his own anyway. Um, but there are other guys that I've talked to and, and parents and, and players both that say this is an NFL defense. I think a lot of the guys see that and, and want to come and play for Todd Grantham and play at the university of Florida because, okay, well that's going to get me prepared for the NFL. Um, but I think you're seeing growing pains and, 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 and you're not seeing guys play fast and that's a, you can blame, you know, when, when you're thinking of missed tackles or bad angles, I think you can blame a lot of that on guys playing slow because they're thinking. And and sometimes, you know, Dan Mullen's offense isn't super complicated. And I think it allows guys to play fast because they know what they're supposed to do. Um, and, and they don't have to slow down for a step, um, you know, to, to think about, wait, where am I supposed to be right now? So I think you see a lot of uh, thinking going on in the Gators defense, which, which causes them to be tick slow. Who ain't thinking? 33 ain't thinking <laughs> he's just going he's just going uh, that's the energy I, that's the energy i want to see from my defense violence bro like it don't look like we're that damn aggressive you know what i'm saying it's just like mm-hmm. um what we got next dan yeah no um quick shout out to uh to jace chrisman comes in um nails a field goal uh hits all of his extra points so uh finally got the scholarship kicker uh kicking so um you know, congratulations to to him for I guess earning that uh, him last that position. Week. Yeah, well, <laughs> I had questions last week that Nick didn't want to ask. Uh, I asked him after ask. I asked him after the game Saturday. Anyway, um, mm. let's give a shout out to our friends at Game Time Sidekicks, which is an officially licensed stainless steel drinkware. 
uh, started back in 2015 to bring, bring the best drinkware to fans around the country. Made up of fans and create products for people just like themselves who love to show off team pride. So all stainless steel vacuum insulated tumber, tumblers. Jeez, I can't read today. Uh, check them out. Over 350 schools, multiple colors, multiple sizes, a lot of different logo options, a lot of different sports. Give them a look at GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use the code STADIUM and get 10% off of your entire order. Is the code uh, STADIUM Gale or just STADIUM? Just STADIUM. Just the, the old STADIUM there. Uh, Gators uh, go uh, up to Kentucky. Um, they will be playing uh, a 4-0 team that has wins over Louisiana Monroe, Missouri, which is the, the game that they crowned them as contenders for the SEC East. Uh, a team that just lost to Boston College. They beat Chattanooga by just five points, uh, and then they beat South Carolina out South Carolina 16-10 to this past weekend. So Gators go in 3-1, and one, uh, ranked number 10 team in the country against Kentucky. Nick, what are you expecting to see out of this game? You are on mute, my friend. Brings up a great moment for me. Uh, Dan Mullen was asked after, I think, an Egg Bowl win because he was smoking a cigar, so it had to be an Egg Bowl win, who they beat out for uh, Nick Fitzgerald's services. And he goes, with a cigar in his mouth, UT Chattanooga. Uh, so shout out to, to UT Chattanooga for being on the Nick Locked Fitzgerald hype train early. Um, I think Florida – listen, we Florida's had some weird games with Kentucky. Like I know the 35-year streak is over, but like – a couple of those, um, if Kentucky covers a couple guys in Lexington, the streak probably ended before Dan gets here. Uh, if the play clock operator or the or a referee saw the play clock, um, that overtime game probably ends differently. Kentucky's had some some weird close games, and they're a big um, physical team. They have a lot of seniors, a lot of redshirt seniors mm -hmm. on the team. Um, so when I'm talking about guys that know the scheme, know the system, because you've been in the program for three, four, five years. Um, you know, I think that's what that's where Kentucky will give Florida trouble is that they're big, they're physical. Um, they, they like to throw off a of play action, something that you know we were talking about earlier. We want to see Florida do some more. Um, so I think that'll be the test for Florida. Can you match Kentucky's physicality on the lines? You did it against Alabama. Um, you're gonna have to do it again. And then the other one is I want to see how uh Florida's offense does on the road. You know, they haven't had a true road game. Uh, there are more Florida fans in Tampa. Than there were USF fans. Um, that's that's a fact. Um, so I want to see how Florida handles the road atmosphere. All of their stuff. I asked Emory Jones today. All their stuff in terms of play call wise is silent hand signals, whether they're at home or on the road. So you don't have to worry about anything you know changing there or getting play calls in. Um, so to me, it's just match Kentucky's physicality um, and, and continue playing. Um, you know, a little bit better than you did the week before, and Florida should leave Lexington. Uh, with a win. So, yeah, I think uh, this is like that's a tough game. It's a tricky game. I don't want to talk crazy. I want to get out of there with a win. Mm -hmm. um, watching us start a little slow. You don't want to start that slow on the road with a veteran team, like Nick just said. And I think Stoops is a good coach. Um, they're gonna be. They're gonna. This is their Super Bowl every year. Um, so you, you're not. You're not allowed uh, given the privilege to come in and sleep uh, on a team like Kentucky uh, because this is their Super Bowl. And the East is pretty much down to three teams, uh, us, Kentucky, and Georgia. 
Um, we just two wins. I just want to see us come in. If we come in on point, I think we're one of the best teams in the country. If we focus, we'll smoke this team. Spreads at eight and a half. I think we've been struggling covering the spread a little bit, so I ain't going to talk too crazy. But I think talent-wise uh, and ceiling for the season-wise, this is a team that that we should beat and, and go on and you know, keep our season going. Um, I think we roll, bro. I want to just win and get out of there. But I think we can roll. I think we get into our bag a little bit more and give other teams in the conference um, some headaches and some things to think about. With, and I think we get our two-quarterback system. Uh, we're a lot more explosive this game. Um, we go down the field a little bit more, get that play action rocking with that rocker step. I think we can roll. Uh, defense, they got to just figure something out, bro. I want to see just mm-hmm. a solid defense come in and play four quarters. Uh, give me some three and outs early in the game. Not second half. Get my get my offense back the ball and let them get hot and steamy early in the first quarter. If we get the ball first, if they get the ball first, I don't care. Give me a three and out give me the ball back. Um, I just want to see defense wake up early and come get some turnovers and sacks and all that stuff. First quarter, um, but I think we win this thing handily. Uh, two score game. Um, all I want is a win. <laughs> Florida has it. covered the spread in the last two games after not covering the spread in the first two. So uh, one more covering the spread would be a streak. Right. How about how about that, Nick? Um, so a, a couple things. You guys hit the nail on the head. I, I think the, the one couple things that you need to do is I think you need to force. Will Levis to to throw, but you also have to, to cause him to to turn the ball over. He has seven uh, touchdowns on the season, but five interceptions. Uh, when he gets hot, by the way, Will is the guy. I don't know if you remember from a couple weeks ago that went viral for eating a banana uh, peel and disgusting. banana itself. Absolutely disgusting. It's, 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 it's egregious to eat a banana in public. Uh, alone, but if the, if the pills on it, that's just like terrorist watch stuff for real. That's, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. You got a drug test every week. Would you eat a handful of candy corn or a banana with the peel on? Uh, give me the banana with the peel. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so candy um, corn is terrible. <laughs> um, is that the worst candy in your opinion? So it's up there, dog. Uh, I got Twizzler up there. The Twizzler don't taste like I'm nothing not a big to me. Twizzler guy, yeah. Uh, it's, Especially it's, it's off-brand Twizzlers, like the like the ropes or like right. red rope red, vines, red, red vines, red vines. It's just absolutely disgusting. I don't know who uh, made that or how they been. That's like it's got to be like a Monday laundering scheme. I don't know who made yeah. Twizzlers popular, but Twizzlers. it's not a good. You do not licorice, but Twizzlers, like the licorice, like the, the black ones. That that yeah, I don't like know what that Twizzlers? tastes like. The red ones, yeah, red red Twizzlers. Nick, what is it? I eat a black jelly bean before I eat a Twizzler. Tastes Twizzlers like sugar. Terrible. Twizzlers taste like sugar. It don't even taste yeah. like sugar. It tastes like rubber. I got to say, Twizzlers is worse. Going on in the making. Twizzlers is worse than candy corn. It is. Stop that. I agree. It Stop is. Stop that. that. You've never had a worse take. That's that's, that's a legit that's, take. That's, that's, that's the worst take. That's the best take you ever had. No, no. Uh, put that up. Put that up. Put that up on the on the on Twitter right now. Which better, candy corn or Twizzlers? Yes. Yeah. Let's just get this poll going. I mean, there's a lot of candy corn hit out there, but I don't think people really broke down what a, twi- a Twizzler tastes like because it That's tastes like nothing. Wild take, dude. Twizzlers are not good, Nick. <laughs> At all. You, 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 you just you eat candy corn willingly, so we're not listening to your take right now. And you probably bite the ends off your Twizzlers and use it as a straw. So, like, who's no? Who's that's part of our I used to eat candy corn as a kid, and I grew up and mm-hmm. realized it was terrible. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I knew Twizzlers was shit. I knew it was trash <laughs> right away. I'm like, what is this? This don't taste like nothing. Get this out of my 
Halloween bag. Get, 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 it, get it out of here. Get it out of here. Uh, but back on to Kentucky. Uh, I, they've got a, a fantastic wide receiver in Wanda Robinson. Uh, 25 catches, 402 yards on the season. Uh, also has four carries for 78 yards. So averaging uh, 19 and a half yards a carry, uh, almost 15 yards per reception, I believe. So, or oh, 16 yards, pardon me. So, um, you know, an explosive player. Uh, they still have Cavassier Smoke over there. Uh, they also have mean? Chris Rodriguez Jr., um, who has 522 yards. So, um, you know, they, they've got some ability to move the ball. They're gonna they're gonna probably get some yards. And the biggest thing is being oh, able no to limit them or, or to force from or force them to turn the ball over. Uh, they have now. I will say this: a bulk of their yards did come against Louisiana Monroe and Missouri, uh, 564 from 520 yards respectively. Last two games, they've been held to 356 against the Fighting Moccasins of Chattanooga uh, nice. and just to 332 against a bad South Carolina team. So maybe they expose themselves. Maybe they they're holding back, but. You know, they do have the ability to, to chunk yards. And Florida is more talented, and, and I don't think Kentucky is more talented than last year uh, overall. So uh, I do expect a Florida win. Silk, I like that. Uh, Two-score game. I like a two-touchdown uh, win for the Gators this week. So, uh, but, I mean, let's let's get into it, right? Uh, let's let's give All our right. predictions. Uh, uh, real Nick, quick, who do you yeah. – like, I think I think the scrambling quarterback is a thing, and I think um, we, could, we, could, we could possibly struggle with that, especially with linebackers being a weak spot for us, right? Uh, who do you have QB spotted guy in your mind? Just you play Todd Grantham, Dan Grantham, Dan Grantham. Um, about to fire you with any answer you say, they're gonna fire you. I know that's why. Um, I mean, I feel like you have to do like a Tyron Hopper, right? Um, I mean, he's athletic and speedy. I don't. I don't think that he's your best linebacker, uh, but I think that he's able to to certainly engage and has the speed to to be able to do it. You can't, it can't be Jeremiah moon. Right. So, so who can it be besides him? That's what I'm going to go with, with Hopper. Nick. I need the question again. I was doing my, who, who, uh, is, my press who are you spying uh, the quarterback with? Um, it, it could be moon. I mean, obviously it's going to be Bernie or Hopper. Like that's, those are the guys that are, that are, you know, playing that spot. Um, I think Diabate is probably athletic enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Diabate. I like I like Diabate or a Hopper. Uh, I do. I wouldn't want to see Bernie um, spying anybody like that in that position. I think he's athletic enough. He's fast enough to run with anybody. But uh, you, you, ultimately, you got to get the guy on the ground. You get him in space. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing Diabate do that myself. I don't think Diabate had a great game last week. I was a little disappointed to see that. Um, but no, I think that I think I that he's a, a good pick as well. Um, I, I think I've seen enough, and I'm not trying to attack the young man. Uh, but I, I think I've seen enough of the Amari Bernie exper- experiment. I don't know what his position is uh, in the positions that they do have him in. I just he seems to struggle uh, quite mightily, and um, I think it's time for for Hopper and, and Diabati to get the the bulk of the snaps there. What, what did you guys feel about uh, Dan Munnan saying he didn't know who Wendell Robinson was? I think that that gave him a little, little, little uh, bulletin board material right there. Um, what was your take on that? Coaches, coaches, and players don't know names, like unless they like recruited that player or um, they've played against him a couple of times. Like they're watching film. You don't without... think they know nobody <laughs> name? 
not no not nobody like if 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 Florida's playing you know Georgia they they'll know you know who JT Daniels name is but if there's a sophomore cornerback or a guy like like Robinson who just transferred in they're watching film with no with no sound they know who number 1 is so like he knows who Wandell is he right. just didn't know his name when he was asked about the kid who transferred in because he was Dan's first quote was talking about Kentucky being so big and so physical that you kind of have to like sell out to stop the run. And then they hit you with the playmakers they have on the outside. And he mentioned a transfer. So I think it was Thomas Goldcamp brought up Robinson and he goes, what number is he? He goes, I don't really know their names. I know their numbers. And he goes, number one, he goes, Oh yeah, that's what I was just talking about with the transfers that they get in that they have this. So I think coaches are just in game mode. Now, listen, but you if just grab that for bulletin board, though. Like, yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't, if you're, if you don't go listen other... to the whole presser. You just grab that clip. Yeah, like, bro, yeah. you don't know who you is. Listen, man. Robinson, I'm sure that's the chip on his shoulder this week. And all week, he'll, he'll print that out. You know, I don't know if they print it out or he'll maybe make it his lock screen on his phone. He, You know, the, the, the tweet from the Kentucky reporters. And I get that. I don't think that Dan Mullen means this any disrespect is what I'm saying. Now, if I'm the player, it'll be the lock screen on my phone until Saturday. He's like, I'll make this yeah. MF or understand, know my name. You know, Saturday, Saturday, we got five 10 back. p.m. Yeah, he probably got those expectations and aspirations, but we got five back, so it's going it's to ruin his party a little bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting because he lines up as a slot, right, Nick? Um, I'm almost around. positive that he does. So I that'll still be need interesting. Go back and watch their uh, their their hmm. last game. Yeah, he lined up as slot. He might have a career. <laughs> <laughs> I have some question marks. I know his mama name by the end of the night. If I remember correctly, and I, I mean I could be completely wrong here, but I think he's like, like a shorter guy, right? Um, yeah. I think he's only like five eight, five nine, uh, somewhere around. He's a skinny guy. He's just he's speedy and shifty. Uh, he's not like Kadarius Tony. He's small. I'm trying to remember, you know, comparable like Florida Gator to him. If but he line up over the slot, we yeah, we might be. That that is a con- that's a concern, right? They have, they um, have him uh, gener- generously listed at five eleven. Generously listed at five eleven. I it's not the first time i've been wrong on this show but i i did think that he was smaller than that but regardless um i think they line him up in the slot um wherever they line him up though is going to be he is a guy that gets chunk yards he's a guy that they're going to get the ball to uh in open space so you have to be able to not only get good angles you have to be able to to wrap up and tackle uh and, and make sure that they they go elsewhere uh with the football all right, so so Nick, um, score prediction, offensive MVP and defensive MVP. Well, yeah, I want to give wait, real quick. Let's give uh, injury offensive updates. Oh. Yeah, injury updates as well. Injury, injury oh, updates. Oh. We haven't even hit it yet. Um, I I fully expect Anthony Richardson to uh, to play this week. Um, For sure. I, I think. Well, I think they said Emory, he was going to play, right? I I think said Emory, that last week too. Mm, yeah, Mullen said he was cleared to play, and they would keep checking on it. Mullen then today. Um, said he was just about at 100% last week, but they decided to be cautionary, especially because uh, we're dealing with the hamstring and it can get worse, you know, quick. Um, but he says, when you think you're at 100%, wait one more week and then you're good. And then Emory Jones, I think, went a step further and he said, I'm definitely excited to get Anthony back. There's bad uh, bad news for Kentucky. Like, yeah. if they wanted to, like, do some, like, quick little upset type vibes, I just don't see our offense is on another level and different type of explosive with, with 15 on the field. We're good anyway, but when 15 is there, uh, I think we're going to be a serious problem for them. What else we got injury-wise? Um, Kingsley Eguhan, uh should be good. He wouldn't have been able to go back into the game late, but, you know, 
uh, at 38-14 and, and after getting rolled up on, no need for that. So he didn't go back into the game, but he will be good. Um, Stuart Reese should be good. And Kyrie Elam, um, honestly, if Florida was playing Kentucky last week, he would have played. Um, I, I mean, that's that. I asked the question after the game, like, is 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 Tennessee being down this bad? Is is it ruining the rivalry? And I think the answer is Florida sat Anthony Richardson, Kyrie Elam, uh, a starting offensive lineman, then didn't put another offensive lineman back into the game, all starters, because they felt like they didn't need to. They didn't explain the attrition game. Well, Nick, I, I don't know if I heard – I'm sorry, I was reading about Kentucky. Um, did you mention that Gene Delance and Stuart Reese could have played? Yeah, 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 both. So, and so and that, they both should be back. Um, right. They hold out be back for Ed Wukon. They don't play Elam. They don't play Anthony Richardson. There might be another player or two, you know, that, that could have been healthy enough to play too that didn't play. So, um, yeah, I think – I feel like, I feel like those uh, – Wide open uh, plays and scheme busts. Uh, we all a little nervous in the beginning of the game. Like, where the hell Kyrie at? It's probably another. Dude, I, was I, started getting, I started getting the Kyle Pitts vibes. Like, man, what the hell going on? Dude, I looked around at some people. Um, and shout out to this one guy, man. He was playing. Get named, bro. He was. I, I don't even know who he is. It was a guy in the stands, like seven, eight rows behind me. No matter what the play was, Florida could have scored a touchdown, that beautiful Naquan Wright touchdown. He's yelling and screaming about – you know, Anthony or uh, Emory Jones, like missing an assignment and, you know, about how this guy didn't do this. This guy didn't do that. I mean, the guy was hammered off his ass, but like this guy was screaming and yelling and no one, his significant other wanted nothing to do with him. Everybody kept telling him to shut up. Um, this guy was having the time of his life coaching this game from, you know, 74 rows up in the stands, you know? Um, but no, I was nervous. So you're down always 14 to 10. I always get around fans like that, dog. I'd be like, man, this all the, I'm the only person to sit by guys like this. And he I just had that, that like hand on his hips, you know, just real, just just pissed right. off look, you know. He has his little visor on, just moving it around, just frustrated that Emory Jones ran the ball for a first down instead of throwing it to a guy for a first down. Just don't be that person. Just having fun. You're not playing. They can't hear you. So um, it's some frustrating reads that we be, we miss out on, but I want to remind the fans too. Like uh, Kyle Trash, first few games wasn't pretty. Like it was a lot of interceptions that were dropped, a lot of egregious throws. We were like, "Yo, what the heck is going on?" And he just got better each game, and it just kept getting better and better. So uh, Emory's doing the same type of vibes. It ain't the same type of football, but uh, this is Dan Mullins, and then the press been getting Dan Mullins a lot of love this past week. Yeah, he. Um... So you're on mute. Um, you know, I, I, Florida's offense right now, obviously they don't play uh, in all SEC schedule, but is averaging mm-hmm. more yards per game than last season. So um, pretty fantastic to watch the former number one um, passing offense now become, you know, one of the, the top three. My bad. Uh, <laughs> one of the top three rushing offenses in the country. Only behind the academies, which uh, I think Army – I think this could be wrong. I'll have someone check me on, on Twitter, but I think Army threw six passes last week. So Well, yeah, I mean, but Florida's averaging almost seven and a half yards per carry per on carry. 140-something carries on the season. Um, it, just just fantastic, 7.46 yards per carry. Uh, that's, that's an incredibly high number, um, and they're doing it consistently, and they're doing it against every team that they've played. Now, you can argue that – you know, Florida's really only played Alabama. Well, they did it against Alabama too. So, 
um, you know, this, this running offense is, is incredible. So, um, anything else before we get into score prediction? All right, before we do a score prediction, let's get, yeah. who were your player of the games for last game? Um, who you got? Like, of course we had, uh, I think, uh, offensively Emory Jones got player of the week for SEC and yeah. also Trey Dean got it for defense. Um, what do you, who had, you I'll go with those two guys. I had Malik Davis last week, uh, That's 10 lazy. carries, 45 yards, touchdown. Who you have? You, Last week, Davis. Emily Davis. You had Emery last week. Good call. Oh, Nick, Nick's, Nick's reviewing um, the, uh, the tape. This is reviewing oh, the tape. Okay. And Dan had Demarcus Bowman, who played as much as all of us did. So I'll go ahead and give. <laughs> That's uh, a wild take in hindsight, Dan. <laughs> I think we made Dan yes, go last. We made was. Dan go last. Dan you, was like. You, you uh, took a wild stance of like a lot of people getting like benched. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah, like last year, people. he said Stuart Reese was going to be offensive MVP. Guy played as much as Nick Evers did for Florida. Dan's <laughs> offensive MVP call. Ooh, That's it. We, 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 we can move on to Kentucky. I just wanted to make sure that that no, we, got, no, no, no. That we he, rehashed Dan's uh, offensive MVP. Take uh, don't, worry, don't worry, Nick. We've got some uh, some reminders waiting for you in about five minutes. That's, um, so my offensive MVP, looking back on the game, um, I think had to be Emory Jones. I think that he played well, uh, both running and passing. Obviously, co-offensive player of the week, but I thought this was his most complete game. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. Um I thought that he played the, the most complete game uh, that, that he's played uh, in a Gator uniform. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, when, when you start, you know, getting those stats, and I think Florida specifically looks for like Tebow stats to, to, you know, compare their current quarterbacks mm-hmm. to. Um, but when you have, you know, the, the 200 yards passing, 100 rushing um, and get named co-SEC offensive player of the week. And the dude that he shared it with had six catches for a buck 60 in a touchdown. Um, mm. So hats off to that. I forget his name now, a kid from Arkansas. Um, so, yeah, that's clearly Florida's offensive MVP. But I think you can probably give it to, you know, to to the offensive line, who I think looked great. Hmm. Offensive line looked like studs all year. I'm going to keep it Emory Jones. That's what I had it at. What, what did we pick defense-wise? I can't remember. I had Zach Carter, who had two tackles, one sack. Oh, he's playing like a monster, bro. You mm-hmm. saw him just toss that guy one hand, yeah. dog? Yeah. He's, oh my he God. had a bigger he game than the stat sheet, for sure. Yeah, Zach Carter, I feel like Florida, maybe not every single year, but is on a nice run of being able to like point to a guy and say, hey, this is why you should come back for your senior year. Right. Um, like Kadarius Tony, it might not be working out right now in New York for him. Um, I mean, it worked out for him like coming back. Yeah, you got him, got him, got him paid. Yeah, you see, he's been, um, he been to Gainesville a couple of times. That jury be shining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's got, got brand new teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get the, I get the grill right. Dan, uh, Dan picked Brenton Cox four tackles, two and a half for loss. We already mentioned him a little bit. Stoke, you took Moon seven tackles, three solo. Um, I think all good games from all three guys we picked as defensive Not MVP. Bad. Mm. Now, who you got this week? We we got to redo. Who we got this week? We doing score? Or we doing MVPs? Or we so I said we're going to do score first, offensive MVP, defensive MVP. All right, sounds great. Nick, score. Um, I think this one's going to be closer than uh, last week was. I'm going to go with Florida, thirty-eight, Kentucky, twenty-four. Mm. Oh no, I'm so fired. Fire. <laughs> I'm fired. I mean, shit, I damn it, fired him today. 
Um, <laughs> there's a lot of assignments left on the field. It's only Still 14 trying points. Trying to find a way to connect him back to the women's basketball program. I was, man. <laughs> like him, him and Blanco, they both did something in that, man. It's a conspiracy. Um, that's a lot of points, Nick. These people just got like 16 on South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I think mean, that that's a, a trap game. Trap game, big trap game. Yeah, right. Florida, Sandwiched in between the Chattanooga game in Florida, South Carolina. UT yeah. Chattanooga. All right, so uh, 38 to 24. Nick, who's your offensive MVP? Uh, offensive MVP is going to go to Damian Pierce. Uh, he had a streak of two touchdowns in games, broken last week. Uh, I think he gets in the end zone twice again. Okay. And hmm. the defensive MVP. Defensive MVP. Uh, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Jeremiah Moon. No explanation. Mm-hmm. Just throwing a name out there. That's the kind of preparation we love on this show. So right. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go 3117 uh, for the okay. score. Um, offensive MVP. I'm gonna go Copeland. He's due for a breakout game. A lot of shenanigans. I think they're gonna they're gonna be gonna get a lot of targets this game, in my opinion. So I'm gonna go Copeland. Offensive MVP. Uh, defensive MVP, give me the young boy. I think the young boy gets his first pick, start making some things happen. Give me Marshall. All right. I'm going to go 41 to 21. 41 to 21. Uh, I like that score. Um, for offensive MVP, I'm going to go Malik Davis. Uh, no, I lied. I'm going to change it. I'm going to go to Naquan Wright. I think that Naquan Wright has a, has a really fantastic breakout game. I, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think if I keep saying his name, he might keep showing up. So I'm going to go with Brenton Cox again. I uh, had a great game. Um, I think that he's a guy that might play uh, a little bit of spy the quarterback as well. Um, so I, I'm going to I'm going to go with Brenton Cox. I think that he gets a couple of, I think he gets one and a half sacks, gets a couple tackles behind the line of scrimmage, uh, re- or creates some havoc, and uh, you know is is able to uh, to force Will Levis to to turn the ball over, which is what the Gators need to do to win the game. Um, any other thoughts on Florida Kentucky before we move on to the last segment of our show? No, no, no. Quick no, note. No, yeah, quick note. Um, Lexington, if you haven't made the trip for a Gator game. Lexington's a sneaky good college town. Um, make a weekend out of it. Kentucky's got some great bourbon. Go to some mm-hmm. distilleries while you're around. I've done that. Um, I think this trip I'm staying in Cincinnati just yep. because I haven't done that before. I've been to Lexington. This will be my fourth or fifth trip, I think. Fourth trip. Um, so I'm going to see what Cincinnati has to offer. Um, How far Lexington, drive that? It's about an hour. So when you yeah. when you fly in, you know, since – since I don't got you know money like you and buy sell, I don't fly into Lexington. I'm flying from Gainesville to Cincinnati, and it's about an hour and a half drive. Hour ah to the Covington Airport, which is yep. in which is in Kentucky. No, it's in, in Kentucky, in, but they call it the Cincinnati. That's yeah, yeah they, they it's called the uh, Cincinnati Airport, but it is in northern Kentucky. That's right. That's disrespectful. Uh, Cincinnati is the best city, and, and this isn't saying much. So I sorry, I'm going to offend our Ohio listener. Cincinnati is the best city in Ohio. Um, so I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Skyline Chili, I'm going to make this statement trash. to everybody, is trash and overrated. Trash. Um, it's the Twizzlers of fast food uh, oh, and, uh, and chili. Uh, but it is it is bad. Uh, but Nick, it's I think the food that don't taste like nothing? That's crazy. So, so, here, so here's, here, let me tell you what Skyline Chili is, Silk. Let me peep you on this Midwestern game. Uh, you walk into Skyline. 
and they put a bowl of noodles like spaghetti in, noodles into mm-hmm. like a into like a paper dish that you would normally get like fries at a, at a ball game spaghetti noodles into a, a fry container mm-hmm. um, oh, why are they doing that then they then they ladle <laughs> then they, they ladle on, uh, they're not they're not done then they yeah, ladle on started. chili which they don't tell you is sweet they put they, they've got oh. they've got sugar in this in this yeah chili. they put cinnamon in it too which throws off and it's a runny what? chili. nobody like, told me yeah. that the chili I, I get chili I'm expecting there to be a little kind of heat uh this is sweet chili like dessert chili on yeah. top of spaghetti oh, and no. then they cover it with so much like di- not shredded dice, like shredded cheddar cheese that you can't tell that there's anything you think it's a bowl of cheese and yeah. people in Ohio and Michigan swear by this stuff it's t- it's terrible it's terrible it's i did it the no. first time i went to kentucky because everyone said you have to try skyline i've never been back didn't didn't yeah. even finish i think i had two bites of it I was like yep done, done. sounds like a terrible thing. establishment for sure they it is and they do it on hot dogs um they That's do a, it's it. ohio yeah. in a bowl it's it's gross it is disgusting and if you are offended by our skyline chili takes then if you need to find i'm offended that they put sugar and cinnamon in uh chili it's sweet chili. It is. It is not. I, I don't get it. I don't get the obsession. There's actually one here in uh, the Tampa Bay area over in Clearwater. Um, but I'll never forget when I was traveling my old job. Um, I was in Oxford, Ohio. I was like, tell me the restaurant that I need to go to to eat tonight. And they're like, you got to go to Skyline. And now I'd heard of it and I'd never gone. I go and I was like, bit of me, whatever. You know, they told me what to order. It's like a five way or seven way or something. Uh, so I get that. And it comes out. Um, I ate seven eight bites i've found myself at, at dinner at another very nice establishment a couple of doors down that 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 served me some edible food uh but it's gross um <laughs> it's it just that, that recommendation is like if somebody is coming to gainesville who's never been and they're like nick where should i eat i'm like arby's has like yeah. a great sandwich for you, you gotta go you check should, it out if, if you're in town for one night yeah. arby's has to be yeah. your dinner burger king. Uh, you gotta go to burger king you can make right. it your way it's incredible uh, we we are going to offend all of our Kentucky uh, Kentucky resident and Ohio resident Gator fans. They, they understand. They get it. They're just stuck with it. It's something you have to be proud of. Um, so, uh, Nick, you're right. Lexington's a great town. If you're going, enjoy the game. We had talked about maybe making it up there, obviously, logistics and everything else going on. Uh, it doesn't allow us to go. But, Nick, enjoy yourself in Lexington. I want to make a quick announcement. The Gators do grab a commitment uh, over the weekend from 2023 – Wide receiver, uh, Darren Lawrence uh, out of uh, Seminole High School in Sanford, Florida. Uh, Billy Gonzalez is his, you know, is his recruiter. Uh, I'm going to trust Billy Gonzalez. Uh, doesn't have much of a profile, again, as a 2023 kid uh, on rivals, but, uh, you know, be a lookout for him. But congratulations and welcome to the Florida Gators. Pardon me, 2023 class. All right, let's get into the final segment of our show, Prize Picks. Visit prizepicks.com. If you are looking for daily fantasy and you are looking to wager on if Emory Jones is going to throw for more than 200 yards and Bryce Young is going to throw for more than 300, or maybe you want to mix a uh, an NFL Ben Roethlisberger throws three interceptions and uh, I don't know Najee Harris runs for two touchdowns. Whatever the case would be, check out prizepicks.com. Uh, they will allow you to match up dollar for dollar all the way up to. when you deposit and use promo code SG when you log in. So again, prizepicks.com. Go ahead, sign up. Even if you don't deposit money, it helps us when you go and log in. Prizepicks.com, promo code SG. Before we get onto the show, we're going to do a one-third 
uh, of the season in uh, on our buyer sell segment. We have had 17 buyer sells in this show. In Silk, you'll never be surprised about who sits in last place. Nick in a very distant, very distant third place. He's well, first shit. off, That's first crazy. off, fake, fake news. Um, mm-hmm. I am eight of seventeen. While you and Silk are, or I'm seven of seventeen. While you and Silk are eight of seventeen in picks. So, so a very, as a very said, distant a very third. Last, third. A very yeah. different third is not true. Nick, I believe if my math is correct, that's somewhere around like 17% lower. Listen, um, this is not a gambling podcast. Thank God, because you'd be losing your money. Yeah. <laughs> not, so not only is the, money. the, the, little, the little money sell, I spend, I'm not yeah. not, not only is he the worst at buy or sell money, like spending money-wise, and money that's not even his, he's the worst at making picks. So if you want to... <laughs> If you want to make some money on, if you want to make some stadium and Gale bucks this week, just go with Silk and myself. All right. Opposite, boys. whatever Nick says, it's a bit opposite on the gambling sites. You'll be all right. And make a mortgage payment right now. I mean, just just listen to some of this. Nick has didn't have the Gators scoring forty two points against FAU. That was a win. Um, they did not score forty two against FAU. Oh yeah, you're right. They didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was the only one that had that. Damn. That's right. That's because you hate the Gators. Um, <laughs> when I come back. Um, some of these are wild, though. Like, Dan put an over-under well, – I forget. There was an over-under at, like, 59, and the total points were 60. Oh, yeah. And, yes, every, I, and I, I picked I picked under. Yeah. Or and I picked over. Or yeah, I, I, I was the only one that got that one wrong. Um, and, and Silk and I uh, just knew that the Gators would put there, up big points. There was more playing time. There was more playing time for FAU, Bernie or Hopper. Um, I was the only one that picked Bernie. Bernie got one less snap than Hopper. Like the fix is in. Somebody's listening. Somebody on staff is listening to this show. Yeah, um, they hate you. And they're I told just you Dan don't like you at the presses. I can tell the vibes. <laughs> they're just Talk sticking right to that Dan Mullen just hate Nick Delatore. It's the last play of the it. game. He's like, go put Hopper in. All right, nice. let's get let's get into the final part of of this show um buy or sell anthony richardson gets 15 snaps against kentucky i'm done going first on these two letting y'all nope. i'm buying i'm doing. buying see, uh, see uh, give me i need i need close to like a 60 40 split or something i still want to go crazy i won't get back to that type of action so i'm going more than 15 easy i'm buying that ar is back out i'll pull the chop out i want to see what his shirt looks like this week then you got that you got the inside of heat on that nick it's already out. You 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 can't buy it anymore. They cut off sales at noon. Oh my god, Lee! Imagine that. Gonna, I don't want to hurt my bread because they they've been giving me some free shirts. Uh, but bro, not, I need to I need to talk to these guys about their distribution model. Not the best. Uh, not the best shirt today. Share it in the chat. Um, I do like the idea of switching up different merch every week with the uh, with the uh, the team that that was a smart a smart play on his behalf. Um, because he got a whole nother season of that shenanigans. Yeah, and, and I think the distribution right now is you you could like obviously the, the Alabama week or the USF week. I get if you're not gonna be able to ship them out before the game, but they're not getting you the shirt for the game before that game that week. So I get I get it when you wanted to make you know the image of Anthony Richardson hurdling an FAU defender, use that of him hurdling a bull for the second week. You probably yeah. can't get that one in production until Sunday at the earliest. Right, right. Um but like the one for Kentucky this week is, you could have made that in June. That that, that <laughs> idea that, that that idea 
you could have had a thousand of those printed up waiting, waiting for you. So uh, they got to figure some things out. Cause I think if you're going to do a game, a, a game week shirt, you've got to be able to get that shirt in the hands of people by Friday. Yeah, figure out the logistics and all that eventually. But I do like the way they approach it. I don't see anybody else uh, doing anything similar. So or at least he has a plan. A lot of, a lot of people don't have a plan. But we, let's get back into what were we talking about? Yeah, we were, we were talking about yeah. are we buying oh, yeah. or selling Anthony Richardson getting 15 snaps. Where you at, Nick? Are you buying or selling? Self. Frugal sell. Nicholas selling. Gonna sell. No surprise. I'm going to put my coins back into my, back into my wallet. Uh, I'm going to sell – Sell 15 snaps. I think the game will be close, and I think Florida will still be uh, protective of, of him. And, and also, and also, Emory's playing well. Mm. Best player on offense me. is, is best player and the most explosive player on offense is AR. Emory's playing well, but it's hard to keep your best player on the bench. But I also think that he scores in big chunk plays too, right? I mean, yeah, look, at, look at how he scored. So I'm going to go sell. I'm going to think that I think that he gets probably something similar to what he did against USF, not because, you know, Florida's going to struggle, uh, I don't think, on offense. But um, I, I think it's because he gets big yards and, and big plays. And uh, I think he's going to play somewhere around 11 or 12 snaps. I was actually going to say 10, but I'm like, maybe if I go to 15, I can get silk to, to rethink, but you're buying right away. So yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's just going to be so sad to watch this kid barely play this year and then play one year and be gone. Um, that's all. So I'm just wishing for the best. That is nuts. It is sad to think about. Um, all right. So Gators. Possibly uh, with uh, Bowman as well, but. What are you going to do? Again, again, Eclipse, 250 yards rushing uh, against Tennessee. A bulk of them come from Emory Jones. Uh, but do you think buy or sell the Gators Eclipse at 250 yards rushing again? Nick, buy or sell? Um, I'm going to go – man, with the points I put up. I got to go buy. With the points I put up, you know, they're not moving the ball. You like have never player. matched your scores and anything about your decision-making ever to – other things that you've said you shoot from the hip yeah yeah i think yeah. that's uh that's a redeeming quality a likable quality that i that i possess for a guy that don't plan i think you spend more money though right yeah in real life uh terrible so financial decisions people are <laughs> in real life terrible well, here, financial you, decisions you in real life. Here, you're playing fantasy uh financial <laughs> guy <out> here <laughs> i w- i wish my accountant wishes I spent money like I do on this podcast. I do not. Uh, I think we're just uh, we're gonna be able to run the ball on teams that will. We lean in on people. We land on people this year, man. Dan Mullen in his bag, so uh, two fifty plus me. Week yeah, now. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy as well. I think the Gators get close to three hundred yards rushing. Uh, I think that they're gonna be able to expose the Kentucky defense. I don't think it's very good defense. Um, you know, it, it really depends. I think on on Kentucky's offense and how they move the ball uh, to how often the Gators are gonna play on offense. But I think that they uh, score well over two hundred and fifty yards. Uh, this is uh, something that I uh, we we haven't talked much about. So you mentioned it. Uh, Gators right now sit one hundred thirtieth in the country in turnovers gained. Uh, sit 121st in, in turnovers lost, 108th in turnover margin. We did mention that Kentucky is, is last, I believe, in college football uh, in turnover margin. So buy or sell the Gators are plus one and a half in turnover margin. So I'm not buying the turnovers until I see them. Sell it. Ooh, I got him to sell, Nick. I wanted to buy, but I think if Silk sells, I have to sell. I got ground makeup. We're going to buy it. I'm buying it. 
That was what, that's what I was going to do. Um, and you just stole two options, I'm going to buy, I think that, I said, no, I said, I said, I wanted to. Like Dan, Dan's like, oh, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, we <laughs> both went. <that> <laughs> yeah. It's a 50-50 chance. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy. I think that they get three turnovers this game. Uh, and I think they uh, win the turnover battle uh, in this game. Kentucky losing six fumbles is like fumble – That's recovery, bad luck. Fumble recoveries are luck. Like losing six, you, you've got to think that that luck will uh, – you, you keep putting the ball on the ground, you're, you're, you know, you're bound to lose some, but – to lose six fumbles is is some bad luck. In the words of Kodak, I hope so. That sounds like something Kodak would say. Um, I hope that's, so. that's wild. The phrase "I hope so" is reference back to kind of I love it. You know. All right. So uh, Gators get six sacks in the first week, three against South Florida, two against Alabama, back to three this week. So that's what we're going to set the number at. Buy or sell the Gators get more than three sacks in the game. So, I'm buying that. I'm buying more than three sacks. Um, you know, I'm buying a lot of sacks. We get out to the passer. We we disrupt the passer a lot. Them boys is hungry. Um, I need to see more 33 and more violence. My spirit animal out there a little bit, but give me more than three sacks. Give me four plus. Okay. You said the line at three and a half, three point five. No, yeah. So yeah, more than three. So yeah, three and a half. Uh, I'm going to sell Florida had six week one and have not gotten more than three in every other week since teams are getting the ball out quick. Right, so I'm going to sell that. I think we, um, Todd's Ty, keeping some blitz pack packages in his back pocket for SEC Ty. play. Yeah. You better get more than three and a half. I'm already firing them. So you got to get it together. I think that they're going to, Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think that they're going to, I think that they're going to have more than three sacks. I think that they're going to force Will Levis to run. I think they're going to force him behind the line of scrimmage. I think they end up with four. The Gators right now sit 11th in the country uh, and have played some. Yeah. Obviously Tennessee that doesn't uh, get a lot of, you know, coverage sacks or, or things of that era. Um, yeah. Yeah. The coverage sacks too, just a lot of sacks. Um, so I, I like that that Florida has um, I like Florida for, for sacks, um, just because I want to stay optimistic. I think the Gators. I think the Gators come out strong. I, I think that they win this game in, in very decisive fashion. So, uh, with that being said, we've gone an hour and forty minutes. So let's get to the Manscaped ad read, and I'll take us out with a song of the week. Summer's winding down. Fall is here. Um... Unfortunately, I'm cutting back on my ball deodorant. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com, the best of the best when it comes to man grooming needs. Um, Got to keep them things manicured, you know. Got to keep everything tight and right. Uh, ball deodorant, lawnmower 4.0, all essential needs in 2021. You can't be out here like Bushwick Bill. Got to take care of that bush, fellas. Um, so man care appropriately. Visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Take care of them balls, and they'll take care of you. I love it. All right, boys. We'll see you at the uh, same corner, same time next week, right? Hey, man. Same corner, same time. I wanted to say, man, it feels like one of them seasons, man. I want to actually talk to y'all. How y'all feeling? Y'all feeling good? A couple big games on the schedule left. Yeah. You ain't looking too bad. Um, they're looking. I don't think they look terrible. It's a game we got to come, especially after the fall game. We got to come ready to play some football. But a lot of opportunity in the air for the Gators this year. Again, 
it's it, I mean, not to downgrade, you know, the rest of the schedule. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here staring at, you know, uh, October 30th and, and that date with, with Georgia, um, in, in Jacksonville, uh, whoever wins that game, I think unless Florida, unless Florida trips up in 2018, they lost to Kentucky, lost to Missouri, um, last year lost to LSU. They didn't have a, you know, a, a weird game in 2018, um, or 2019, excuse me. Um, but I, I think Florida enters that that game against Jacks or that game against Georgia with one loss, and whoever wins that gets gets a shot at Alabama. I, I I think I like the makeup of this team better from a leadership perspective to hopefully not let them get down. You know, Florida left some points on the field against Tennessee. They've maybe not looked as perfect. And somebody I forgot who it was. I want to shout them out. Um, but somebody said, you know, the Xbox fans, right? Like. You know, Florida beats Tennessee by by 24 points. It's still an SEC team. And you look at the final score, you're like, they beat them by 24 points. It's like, yeah, but they were only up by four at halftime or or, or by three at halftime. And, you know, I, I think when you look at this team, they've, they've performed when they need to. It's not perfect. They're still 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. But I think that they're a good team. I think that they've got great leadership on defense. I think that they're getting over some humps, you know, your, your issues at cornerback, you're getting Jason Marshall some time, you know, one of your, your starting cornerback is missing this season, right? Um, your starting linebacker is missing this season. So I think that they're, they're starting to get over some of these humps early. And I think that they're playing pretty well. And um, you know, I don't know if this team is going to trip up that, that game against LSU uh, or Missouri from a few years ago uh, with the leadership of this team. I think that they've got uh, each other's backs. And I think that you've got a, a lot of leadership that that's going to, not let them down this year. Yeah, liking the vibe so far, man. Uh, same corner, same time, fellas. Same corner, same time. Hey, uh, Cam, let's take us out with. Uh, oh yeah, song with my boys Crawford and Power. Uh, I've had a new song. Uh, what I've been missing, big fan of theirs. Uh, still waiting on them to uh, to take off. But Crawford and Power, what I've been missing. We'll see you guys at the real same quick, corner, real quick, same real time quick. next week. Let me get a quick shout out to the Gators Collective, man. Um, oh, yeah. I missed the bowling alley vibes this past weekend, but uh, shout out to my man, uh, Randy Russell. He pulled up, he hit me up and was like, hey, man, I hope all is well, but I had an amazing time. Uh, we're going to be doing some content with him and a few other guys that we're adding on to this little roster of things we're doing. Uh, it's not an SNG thing, it's a Gator Collective thing, but um, beautiful vibes in the NIL market. Uh, be sure to support the, uh, the Gator Collective, man. Um, these kids are loving it. If you see the footage from the bowling alley, we got some episodes we're going to pull uh, roll out from uh, hanging out uh, this past weekend, but uh, just a beautiful thing, man. Be sure to show, show some support. Absolutely. It's over 800 people right now. Um, put on a great tailgate the other day. Uh, a lot of passion, a lot of support uh, with the Gators Collective. So check it out, gatorcollective.com, uh, and support your Gators and NIL. All right, boys. See you guys next week. Already. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. 